Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. We are back on Laces Out after a little bit of a hiatus from Kurt and I for Christmas. Jerry Bailey, Kurt Hobbs are with you as always. Laces Out. Jason Aponte is joining us. We got a two skinny dudes Laces Out crossover for the first time, I think. I think ever, Jay. Ever. I don't think this ever. has happened before. Yeah. Never happened. First time ever. I love it. I'm glad that it's happening. And perfect timing. We got two weeks left in the NFL season. Strange to say we got two weeks left because we get the extra game this year. But Jason, happy to have you, my friend. And uh, I'm sure sure things are a little tense over there in 49ers Nation because uh, there's there's some news floating around. There's some, some ideas floating around. And uh, 49ers are hoping to hold on to that wild card spot. Yeah, appreciate you, Kurt. And uh, tense, that's probably putting it mildly <laughs> right now at this point. Yeah, um, uh, You know, 49 Twitter does have a propensity, and I'm, I'm part of it too because, I, you know, I, uh, I I lend myself to it as well, to uh, overblow things, overthink things, overreact to things. I, I think right that's now, every fan base. It's okay. Yeah, and that's what I try to tell 49ers <laughs> Twitter all the time, you know, especially where there's too much scrutiny on the quarterback. Yeah, every fan base talks yep. about their quarterback one way or the other. It's just we have – different circumstances (laughs) that we have to talk about so well we are uh, happy to have you here my friend oh jared hang on i think we're on a little bit of a delay here jared just a just a heads up uh in case we run into some technical difficulties but we can we can kind of dive into uh the rest of the regular season here before we maybe talk some quarterback play and some roster talk but what are we thinking for the rest of this year? We got two games left here. Uh, are you confident if, if Trey Lance is going in there as in quarterback? Are you confident this team can, can finish out the year with two more wins and grab that wild card spot? It's a complex question, as easy as that sounds. But I'll tell you this. I'm confident that they can get a win against the Houston Texans because if Elijah Mitchell's back and Trey Lance is there, then you know what Kyle Shanahan's going to want to do, which is run the ball and not run QB power, you know, 16 times uh, up the middle with um, Trey Lance. I mean, because for for all, you know, for everything that was talked about in that Arizona game, he still ran the ball for 89 yards and that was with no real running back. So I expect him to to do fine in this game. Um, In terms of what the circumstances are, it would be a lot easier if the 49ers didn't kick that game away on Thursday. And I feel like that's really where we're at and why, even if Jimmy Garoppolo was starting, you kind of feel the must-win aspects of it, obviously, because of playoff scenarios. But that game feels particularly much worse because if the Tennessee Titans went out there and they blasted the 49ers and the Niners had no shot, then I think... 49er fans would have accepted that. But when you watch how that game played out, it was very much like the 49ers kicked that game away. And it's less about what the fans think. I think this team would tell you that they kicked that game away, and that's what makes it particularly frustrating. So now you need help as opposed to controlling your destiny. I think they take care of business against Houston this week, and then we'll figure out where we are week 18. In terms of what they need, if the Carolina Panthers can get somewhat of decent quarterback play, and if Ian Book is back there for the Saints again, then the Panthers have a chance to really help the 49ers clinch their spot. They get one more loss from the Saints, the 49ers win, they're in. But who knows? Taysom Hill might be back. Brian Burns is on COVID. Hassan Reddick's now on COVID. We know what's going on over there with the quarterback play. So who knows what the heck is going on? It may just come down to the hope that the Dallas Cowboys don't rest their starters in Week 18 play the, <laughs> and, and, and play the Eagles. But who knows if they do that? And hope that the Rams kind of don't play anybody in Week 18 and the 49ers have to win that game. So – 
uh, Thursday was particularly frustrating because the 49ers were in the driver's seat and now they need help. And that that's that that's the worst part, I think, about Thursday. Yeah, in terms of the Saints, I mean, I was I wondered if they had borrowed a certain quarterback from Carolina to play for them when I was watching that game back. It looked bad. Did not look ha, good ha, for ha, 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 ha. <laughs> I know what a little stinker I am. Yes, but, you are. But focusing on the NFC playoff picture, you look at the teams like Philadelphia keeps winning. I think that's a lot. Uh, that, that's some. That's a team that not either of any of us kind of expected. Kurt, I know you're bigger on Jalen Hurts. I wasn't. Uh, Jay, we talked about it a lot on Two Skinny Dudes. We both like Washington coming into the year. Um, and then we look at Minnesota. They don't have Adam Thielen for the rest of the year. He was just put on IR. They go to Green Bay. I don't think they're going to win. I think that kind of takes them out of this whole thing. Um, so San Francisco, for all intents and purposes, it looks as if they've got a spot pretty much on lock. It just depends on if it's going to be the six or the seven. Jay, would you agree with that? For sure. And and again, they still need help to do that because if the 49ers went out and both of those teams went out, the 49ers are out. And Which is crazy to think about. Yeah, right, is. exactly. Especially a few weeks ago when this team started rolling again. They started winning games, beating the teams that they were supposed to beat. And Thursday, after that first drive, after like driving down in that second drive, you're like, man, the 49ers are about to make a statement here in Tennessee, pretty much locking up this playoff spot. And then the game kind of just <laughs> goes to kaput when Jimmy Garoppolo throws an interception, can't hit Kyle Juszczyk, then injures his thumb, and then the game goes to hell after that. And A.J. Brown just runs <laughs> around like a madman. So, yeah, it's just crazy to think that one quarter of football, you know, one half of football can completely change the trajectory of your path to the playoffs. And that's where the 49ers are at right now. So if it feels desperate on 49ers Twitter, it's because it went from, man, we got this to, uh-oh, there is a world where we might not be, we might be on the outside looking in with a winning record. Right. And we can we can take a look at these other teams in the NFC wildcard spot right now. We mentioned the Eagles. Uh, the Eagles will play the Dallas Cowboys this week. And then they finished the – or, sorry, no, they finished the year against the Dallas Cowboys. They played Washington this week. So two big divisional matchup games. I mean, anytime there's an interdivisional matchup, it's usually a close game. Uh, we just saw what Dallas did to Washington last week. And Washington, I don't know. I, I Jared, like you mentioned earlier, I'm a little higher on the Eagles than maybe you are, but mm-hmm. I think the Eagles get it done this week. I think they probably lose to Dallas on week 18. Dallas is probably still going to be fighting for some seeding, so they might play their starters. I, I think the Eagles will, will split it, go one and one uh, down the stretch here, and that will not make it too much easier for the 49ers going forward. And there's still a there's still a world where Washington gets in at eight and nine if they win out and a few other weird things happen, but they can still get that number seven seed. Philadelphia's sitting at what eight and seven right now. So if Washington wins out. The Eagles lose out. I do believe that that helps Washington secure that seven seed, depending on what. Uh, other teams, I believe Atlanta still kind of in the mix of this. The NFC is very top heavy and there's a bunch of mediocrity that's still kind of in the hunt. But yeah, the NFC is very weird at the moment. Let's talk about the rest of the division though, Jay, because the Rams have, you know, kind of caught this surge of energy after a November that saw them lose three straight games. The Cardinals have done the complete opposite. And, you know, kudos to you because in the offseason, you know, you were talking about how you're not worried about the Cardinals as long as Cliff Kingsbury is at the helm. And lo and behold, you know, we're seeing a lot of what we saw last year. They start off five and two last year. They lose uh, three of their la- or they lose six of their last nine games. Uh, and now they start off seven and other sitting in a similar situation as last year. They're in a better spot because. Uh, you know, more wins. It seems that they're going to be uh, they're going to be a playoff team. It's just a matter of, OK, you know, it looked like they were going to win the NFC West with flying colors. And now the Rams have stormed back and taken that from them. Uh, what do you make of both the Rams and the Cardinals at this point? 
Well, starting with the Rams, you know, Sean McVay usually does this year after year where it's they start off very hot. Teams kind of catch up a little bit and then he adjusts again. So they they moved to this heavier personnel. They've been running the ball like they have completely revitalized Sony Michelle. Sony Michelle has become the guy that everybody thought he would be after that first year with New England. But when they go to this heavy personnel, it's it the year before they went, I believe, from 12 to 21 and they completely changed the philosophy and they started getting back in the win column. That's what they're doing again. So Sean McVay may not be the best in-game adjuster, but during the season when he when things start to sputter, he moves away. And that's what they've done. They, they went back to the running game, opened things up for Stafford again. Obviously, he's a little bit banged up, but the emergence of Odell Beckham, who Hi, guys. He's not washed. Um, Van Jefferson's been playing pretty well. Um, Van Jefferson's been playing very well. But the the philosophy changed to a heavier bunch set with a bunch of tight ends and being able to just get back to running the ball has really helped them because they beat the Vikings, but Matthew Stafford had a very bad game. And those were the games that they weren't winning. When when Stafford went in the, in the, in the toilet in the game, they would have lost that game. So they're in a better spot for sure. And obviously on defense, you know they're going to be as solid as can be. So with the Cardinals uh, – it's just pretty funny, man. This is what they do. This is literally what they do. And and you know what's funny with, with Kingsbury? He did it in college. Yep. He did it in college, too. Like, it, it's like December to remember. That's what Guy Haberman calls it. You know, like the Lexus stuff. I think it's perfect. Like, it's always that. It's always that. And set your watch to it. I don't want to hear about this year it being, oh, well, they lost DeAndre Hopkins. It's the Lions. It's the Lions. You're a genius coach. You have Kyler Murray. You win that game. You don't lose that game. Then you get the Colts. The Colts are good. They beat you. There's a world where the Cardinals lose every single game. And Cliff Kingsbury is a guy that when he gets found out, then that's it, right? You start off early in the year and you start to – I start to think, oh, man, that's what I get for talking crazy about J.J. Watt. That's what I get for talking about A.J. Green. A.J. Green's done. Um, J.J. Watt unfortunately got injured. And it seems like whenever December rolls around and teams have enough film of whatever it is that he's doing, it goes away. It's not on Kyler. It's not on that defense. It's on the coach. But, you know, I don't like the whole I told you so thing. But I just, for me, a lot of 49er fans early in the season were like, man, look at Cliff Kingsbury and you love Kyle. Yeah, I do. And you know what? Cliff Kingsbury has a large track record of choking in December. And it's happening again. It's literally the same thing. It's like set your watch to it. So with the Cardinals, I'm not worried about them. I'm really not. And I and I even in the beginning when I was getting a little worried, I still had in the back of my mind, dude, it's this, wait for December to roll around before you crown them. And here we are. It's not DeAndre Hopkins. Don't tell me that that offense goes in the toilet now because DeAndre Hopkins isn't there. That's that's way too easy of a cop out at this point. At least yeah. last year you could have said Kyler Murray got banged up. Right. And even if you look at the numbers, De- DeAndre Hopkins wasn't the DeAndre Hopkins that we know. I mean, this year he was not – totally utilized maybe he was banged up maybe he was dealing with injuries all year but when he was playing and quote unquote healthy I mean it wasn't like he was putting up 100 150 yards and two touchdowns a game I mean he was just you know average and that's kind of shocking to say for DeAndre Hopkins but uh, I agree with you and to see what they do to finish out the year they play Dallas this week uh, Dallas that's an L that Dallas can score a lot of it better not be an LJ because I got I got a uh, money on Arizona plus five Sorry. Ooh. Yikes. And then they finished the year against Seattle. And, uh, Jay, we can we can maybe touch on Seattle just a little bit here um, just because they're an interesting team for this offseason, what they're going to do with Russell Wilson. But oh, what the hell happened? I mean, what, what happened to this team, the team that we knew just a few years ago, the Legion of Boom, the Super Bowl runs, and now they're looking at a, a high draft pick and Russell Wilson wants out. I mean, it's a pretty quick turnaround, it seems like. 
Well, it would be a high draft pick if they didn't send all of them for to a the strong Jets. safety. Yes, you're right. Yeah. You're right. So My fault for this Jamal season, Adams. This season is a complete loss. Yes. But, all right. Let me take my fandom out of it and let me talk about what I saw in terms of my own football eyes. Russell Wilson has eroded since last season. And they started off hot, very hot last year, right? And it was like, oh, let Russ cook, all that all that stuff, right? And then the, the play just tapered off. I mean, they lost in a playoff game where Walford started and Jared Goff with a messed up thumb finished them off, right? And that had been happening since midway through the season. When you look at what's going on in film, Russell Wilson is the king of not taking the wide open 15 yard throw and just wanting to throw moon balls all day. And a lot of this has to do with how poorly he's played. Let's just keep a buck a buck. And this was before the injury. Like you have to keep it a buck when it comes to Russell Wilson. I don't know what happened, but the whole run around and then just, well, DK's down there somewhere. Well, Tyler's down there somewhere. It doesn't work. And that's not how things go, right? Chris Carson gets injured, then all of a sudden the run game isn't nearly as effective, and now it's a lot more on Russell's shoulders. It's just it had to happen eventually. Russ had been wanting to get out, but a lot of this has to do with the fact that he hasn't played well, and a lot of it rests on his shoulders. But at the same time, as a 49ers fan, I'm very happy to see this era end. Bye, Pete <laughs> Carroll. Bye, Russell Wilson. See you soon, pal. Um, and, and enjoy. Pete Carroll, can't wait for your next NCAA job. Russell Wilson, can't wait for you to be a New York Giant so I could watch you over here and Giants fans could get mad at you and those throws that you missed. Can't wait. But uh, I'm so glad they're gone because they were the boogeyman. And they, they swept the 49ers this year. Mm-hmm. They swept the 49ers this year, and they're terrible. And uh, I'm just happy it's over. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, we got potential future New York Giant, future, you know, Cleveland Brown, future Denver Bronco. Eagle. Philadelphia Eagle, Pittsburgh Steeler. Like, there's a bunch of different places that people are putting Russell Wilson, obviously New York being the biggest one. This isn't anything new, though, Jay. I mean, you kind of touched on it. I mean, Colt McCoy is 2-0 in the past two years against the Seahawks. Uh, that I think that bars, uh, you know, shout out Colt McCoy and everything. But uh, if, if you can't beat Colt McCoy in back-to-back years on different teams – uh, that, that seems to be a slight issue. Okay. <laughs> uh, not, not to mention the fact that each year, once we get to November, December, it seems that Seattle, more so than any other team, loses these games that they shouldn't. They lost to the Giants uh, with Colt McCoy at the helm uh, last year. Uh, two years ago, they lose to Arizona at home, who at the time had the worst pass defense in the NFL and were in the midst of, just I think it was a 5-11 and 11 year for them. It just seems like when we get further and further down the line for the season, Russell Wilson tends to take that step back, and it's nothing new this year. Um, so is New York where you're kind of putting him as of right now? Is that where you think he's going to end up? I think so. I think that's where he's going to push, and I think that's what the Giants fans would love to see. I mean, Giants fans have been asking me, like, oh, well, I want Wilson. I'm like, man, if you're smart, you push your tables and try, you push your chips into the table and try to get Aaron Rodgers because Russell Wilson isn't going to push you anywhere near an uh, NFC championship, in my opinion. You might be a better team. That's not really saying much at that point, but Aaron Rodgers goes to your team with those weapons, and you guys become one of those teams that everybody's like, oh, man, they might be pushing for a Super Bowl. How many years Aaron Rodgers has left? Who knows? And who knows if he even wants to go there? But this whole idea, you know, a lot of Giants fans, well, wait till we get Russ. I'm like, dude, I was like, I know you think that I'm biased because I'm a 49ers fan, which I am. But at the same time, he has not been good. He has not been good for a large portion of last year and this entire year. And I, I it's, just, it's not my bias when, when you watch wide open guys in the middle of the field and him continuing to throw the ball. Like, th- this is when I knew it was over. The Washington game, DK Metcalf goes on to the sideline. He's pointing at Geno Smith to go in the game. DK Metcalf wants Geno Smith to go in the game for Russell Wilson. (laughs) I mean, this is where we are. 
this is where we are. DK DK Metcalf is starting to become the Allen Robinson, the Terry McLaurin of man. I wish he had a good quarterback. Think about how good he could be. DK Metcalf is starting to become the Terrell Owens of all I do is bitch. Hey, okay. Yeah. Well, wide receivers do do that. He's just yeah, being caught do. on camera. He's just being they caught do. on camera more than anybody else. That's fair. That is very fair. That is, that is very fair. I'll say, uh, my, I'll say my DK Metcalf dismay for another time. <laughs> we, we can dive into the Seattle Seahawks this offseason, but playoffs are around the corner, my friend. And uh, let's talk about your 49ers. Let's talk about the quarterback situation. Jimmy G dealing with an injury that very well could keep him out for the rest of the year. We don't know officially yet, but if so, for people that don't know your thoughts on Trey Lance, for anybody that maybe hasn't seen your wonderful face and your beautiful voice, tell them the Trey Lance experience. Give them the 49ers insider knowledge of what Trey Lance can bring to this team. Realistically, at the beginning of the season, I pushed for Trey Lance to start immediately. And what that means is it resets your expectations for the team. When I wanted Trey Lance to start, it wasn't because, oh, he can lead them to a Super Bowl. It's because let's get the ball rolling immediately. Let's get this development on track. Let's take advantage of his rookie pay scale and clear some money. And what you do with that extra money is you build a team around him, get another cornerback, solidify your offensive line, solidify your defense, make it easier on the kid, but also develop him and get the ball rolling. Okay. I go to training camp. It's very clear that there was no competition, right? They just they're they're gonna roll with Jimmy G. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that Kyle Shanahan hears all the whispers of you've only been successful one year out of the four that you've been here, which is 2019. So I really believe that he felt the pressure of one, I need to make the playoffs. Two, there are many veterans in this locker room that aren't here to develop Trey Lance. Alex Mack's not here to be in the development of Trey Lance. Alex Mack is a hired gun to help this team make the playoffs. And there's a lot of talk about, well, remember 2019 when everybody was was healthy and 2020 they were decimated? Well, it just seems like all we have to do is just get everybody back and we should be back for a similar run. That was foolish, in my opinion, because you cannot duplicate circumstances from 2019. Very foolish, right? You cannot duplicate the fact that the 49ers had a top two defense. And that's how you're allowed to have a quarterback who has the ups and downs as Jimmy Garoppolo, right? And there were certain games where Jimmy Garoppolo won games for them when he needed to, right? But you can't ask him to do that every week, as we know, right? But it was foolish to think that you could duplicate the fact that you had the Packers number. The Saints were the team that you didn't want to play. Minnesota bounces them, and then you get to play Minnesota. And we pretty much all chalked that up as a W. And then you get the Packers again, and that's a W. And Jimmy Garoppolo throws 20 passes in those two games. <laughs> it's like, and then you go to the Super Bowl, and then that's what happens, and that's when things unravel, right? In terms of Trey Lance, 49er fans right now want to make the playoffs. I understand that, and they should. You should absolutely always be rooting for that, no matter what happens. Whether you think this team is going to go on a run to the Super Bowl or you think they're one and done, the goal should always be to get in the playoffs. You cannot hate from outside the club. You can't. There is no way. And that's why I, I dislike when 49er fans tell me, well, the Rams get in and they're one and done. How do you get a chance to play for the Super Bowl if you don't make the playoffs? And you wouldn't take being a team that makes the playoffs year after year. You have to really, you know, you have to really subject yourself to that. In terms of Trey Lance, I understand you want to make the playoffs. But what I want to see is development. I want to see growth. And what he brings to this team is when things aren't perfect, he can make plays, right? Everything is not going to be in structure for you. Things are not going to always be perfect for you. And let's just face it, Jimmy Garoppolo needs a lot of things in his favor for him to be successful. 
And if the play breaks down, Trey Lance has wheels to get get those extra legs. And obviously, look, running quarterbacks, whatever it is, you have your th- people have their thoughts. That's fine. I really think that when you hear mobile, when you hear when the play breaks down is out of structure, right? When everyone's covered and you need an extra second, you can just move yourself out of the pocket just for a little bit and make a throw, make a play. It doesn't have to be you running for a first down. It doesn't have to be you always picking up the first down with your legs. But when Jimmy Garoppolo has everybody covered, that's it. He's in the, he's in the pocket. He's going to get sacked or he's going to force a throw that's going to be um, bad. So I really just want to see development. Trey Lance is in a soft landing spot right here against his Houston Texans run defense, right? And he has a chance to do that. But to expect this kid to just come out and blow the doors off everything, that shouldn't have been your expectations in week one. And it certainly certainly shouldn't be your expectations going into this game right away. You have to remember this is his second start. And I hate to keep talking about this in terms of, you know, Mac Jones, right? The the good games that Mac Jones has had don't tell you where he's going the same way that the bad games that Mac Jones is having doesn't tell you where he's going. Why? It's one year. It is one year. Talk to me two, three years down the line when these guys get in. How many guys have come into the league and either played poorly and turned into Hall of Famers, Peyton Manning? How many guys have joined the league, lit it up, and done nothing? Plenty of them. So we are way too early into this conversation where if you're going to be judging where Trey Lance is in his second and third starts, if that's the case, then we've got a bigger problem than that. And I feel that a lot of that has to do with the fact that Kyle chose to sit him and people believe that this is the right way. Not my way, but I'm not the coach. But at the same time, he might be under some unfair scrutiny because of the way this quarterback situation was handled and how many people wanted him to start. That was the consensus coming out is that, I mean, you and I talked about it for a while, is that, okay, it seems like Jimmy will be on a short leash if after these first four weeks, you know, they start off against Detroit and then, you know, Philadelphia game in there, and then they had the two tougher games back-to-back. If he didn't look good in those games, maybe they put in Trey Lance. We saw a little bit of Trey Lance early on, especially against Detroit. He uh, came in uh, in the the Green Bay game and scored a touchdown. touchdown He threw the first touchdown pass of the season. He did. He did do that. And then everybody erupted in the Green Bay game when he came in on the final play of the half and ran it in. And everybody on 49ers Twitter is just starting a lynch mob saying that he should be in for the rest. It was that was a fun night on 49ers Twitter. Let me just say that. Um, I, I was at the game. So thank God I wasn't uh, on Twitter. Oh, <laughs> uh, so it, regardless, I think going forward, I mean, we both have high. I think all of us here have high hopes for Trey Lance. I think we both all, we all think he's going to be good. Um but yes, the way that this thing has been handled has been interesting to say the least. Um, and we'll see what happens. I, I got to ask you what what's going to happen with Jimmy G because he's got one year left on his contract. Don't ask him that. You know what he's going to say to me right now. You know why he's in here. He's going <laughs> to. Uh, no, no. Look, realistically, I think that we all know he knew um, this is it, one and done. You know, you're you're basically playing to keep your label as a starting quarterback, which is valuable. Mm-hmm. And that's the one thing that I want to make sure that I say about Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo is not a bad quarterback by any stretch of the imagination, right? Not a bad quarterback. He's a starting quarterback in this league. And there's only 32 of them, which makes it valuable, which makes it very valuable. And somewhere he will go somewhere next year and start. Where that is, I don't know. Um, you know, I joke a lot with Jared and I tell him, get ready for Jimmy Garoppolo. But I don't know if... uh he can withstand the Pittsburgh fan base and media, especially mm-hmm. the guy he's replacing. Um, right. and, the, and, you know, so it, it, there's there's just a bunch of places that he can go. Who knows what Cleveland's going to do with Baker Mayfield? Who knows what, uh, you know, maybe the Giants even take a look at Jimmy Garoppolo. I've seen that floated around. I saw someone float around a trade saying, 
Daniel Jones in the third for Jimmy Garoppolo. And I say, pack your bags, Jimmy, and drive him over to MetLife right away so I can have Daniel Jones as the backup to Trey Lance. And we'll take that third round pick to, to basically right. recoup what we sent for, for Trey Lance. So, look, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be a starting quarterback somewhere. He's not a bad quarterback by any stretch of the imagination. The injuries do not help. This is going to be his fourth year injured. Um, you know, we'll find out with the severity in a little while when Kyle Shanahan talk, speaks, but um, he's not a bad quarterback. And I do want to say good things about him. And I said it earlier and people were like, oh, my God, how can you because you're criticizing. Yeah, when the guy plays bad, I'm going to say he played bad. When the guy plays well, I will say he played well. It's not really hard. But what I will say is this. 49er fans have been looking for their guy since Steve Young. And they've thought they've had it in a few other people. And and you know what? In 2017, after that five-game stretch, we thought we had our guy. He rejuvenated this this franchise, this fan base. He looked the part. He joins. He he has that uh that turning point um episode against the Titans where he you know leads them down the field, knocks the Titans out of the playoffs. He he lights up the Jacksonville Jaguars who had the best defense and went to the AFC Championship in that game. He's handsome as hell. He's charismatic. We're like, man, we got a guy. We have our guy finally, right? 2018, unfortunately, gets injured. And then 2019, they go to the Super Bowl. And he was a part of that. So obviously, we know where it's at right now. But I'm I'm, I'm still going to remember that and thank him for at least reviving the 49ers because they were dead in the water for a long time looking for something after Harbaugh left. I don't know why you're uh, disgracing the name of Coy Detmer like this and just not bringing him up. But that's, that's J.T. O'Sullivan, the, the GOAT. Your, your 49ers and my Buffalo Bills were in a, a very similar situation for a long, long time, searching for that quarterback. And for Trey Lance to be compared to Josh Allen, I am rooting for him hard, big time. I'm glad you brought that up, Kurt, because I say that all the time about Trey Lance, right? What if the Buffalo Bills, after a year, were like, man, I don't know if we can stick with this Allen kid, man. He's like missing, he's missing people. He's missing people over. He's throwing throwing the ball over people's heads. The amount of times that I heard that, yes, I know yes. exactly. 49er fans, relax. And now yes. look, that throw that he made against New England, that one that's like across the field, mm-hmm. where he's just yep. like, he's just like, and he put it in a spot, was like through a keyhole. That is what patience affords you, 49er fans. Patience. patience. I, w- I was told every single day for about a year, year, two years, three years, that you can't teach accuracy, and he's never going to be fixed. And this, he's, it was a terrible draft pick, a bust, and look at him now. I'm, I'm living, the, living the high life here. So, yes, patience, patience is key in professional sports, whether you like it or not. Jason Aponte, my friend. So glad that we finally did this. We're going to see you in a month. Mobile's in a month. We have the Senior Bowl in a month. I'm so excited. I can't wait. Content's going to be through the roof. And, yeah, uh, yeah uh, it looks like all three of our teams may be dancing, which is amazing for, for the, you know, you know we all have our scenario. Well, you guys are in. The Bills are in, probably. The, the two, uh, 49ers and Bills likely in. I need a miracle from God. But, <laughs> hey. I'm in a fantasy football championship. Can you like text Ben Roethlisberger and say Deontay Johnson is the only guy you really should be throwing the ball to? Um, just you know that yeah. that gar- that garbage time touchdown against the Chiefs. It literally put me in a spot to overcome <laughs> AJ Brown and Debo nice. Samuel, and I was like, oh my god! And then I and then goodness gracious, I started that Miami defense against the <laughs> New Orleans Saints. Twenty five extra points also wow. put that game away. Well, from me. let me say this Monday night is the final regular season home game for Ben Roethlisberger. 
there's going to be so much emotion going into that. There's a chance I'm going. I don't know if I'm going to go yet. My friend wants me to go. I'm not going to pay for the tickets to go. But if he pays for them, I will go. You need to go. Come on. That's, you should go. That's history. So standing room only, and then just go like say, go sit in somebody's seat. <laughs> regardless if I'm there or not, tears will be shed that night. There's going to be so much emotion riding on that. I think that the Steelers do win. I look. I'm on record saying the Steelers are going to win out, and they're going to find a way to get the seven seed. Or if the Bengals, uh, I think the Bengals split. Now, if the Bengals lose their last two games and Pittsburgh wins out, Steelers win the North. So I'm holding on to that. If not, they can still get the seven seed. But the Steelers aren't going to lose this game Monday night. This is Ben's last game at Heinz Field. I don't care what the hell they're going to do. The fact that he is going out of Heinz Field against the team that he has daddied for the last two decades, there's no way in hell they're losing that game. I'm looking forward to it. Cincinnati J- loses too against Kansas City this week, so. If they lose to Kansas City, they play well. They play Cleveland the final week of the year. But if they lose to Kansas City, that's going to set up a very interesting scenario uh, for for what for what's going to come. Jay, before we let you go, we got Matt Perino on deck. Tell everybody where they can find your stuff. Yeah, um, thank you guys for having me. This is a lot of fun. Um, yeah, so you can follow me on Twitter at Jason Aponte two one zero three on YouTube. Jason Aponte, like content on there. That's mainly where you'll find me. And uh, if you follow me on Twitter, you know I just hope you you like stupid memes and uh, <laughs> Simpsons references because uh, I think that's pretty much all I offer. All right, Jason. Jason we'll see you in a couple of weeks, my friend. I can't wait. Yeah, I can't wait either. Have a good one, guys. All right, see you, buddy. Jason Aponte. Finally glad that that we did that. And then we go from the NFC to the AFC and the man with arguably the best beard and hair combo in the media <laughs> game today and who at any time he comes on the show, he looks like he could kill me with one punch. Matt Perino, it's good to see you, my friend. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm good, boys. How are you? Doing great. Doing great, my friend. Uh, and I also, you have to compliment the background, too. Matt's got Look everything. He's flexing the credentials. He's got everything behind him. <laughs> so, yes, Matt, welcome to the well, show. To be honest, though, like everybody always says that, but literally, I put these here because I don't know where else to put them. Like, I could just dump them in a box somewhere, but I thought I was putting this thing yeah. together. I'm like, oh, this is good because every time I get home, I can right. just throw a credential up there. So it works. <laughs> show them off. Show them off. Show off the hard work. But yes, we, uh, just wrapped up talking about the NFC with our friend Jason. Now we can switch over to the AFC. And, of course, my heart and soul, the Buffalo Bills with you, Matt. And uh, it's it's been a fun week. It's been a really fun week. And I, I could not have med- imagined what it would have been like if uh, the final score would have been a little different. But it doesn't matter because the Bills won. The Bills won. They're in the driver's seat. And they have two games left, a game against Atlanta and a game against the New York Jets. You win those two games. The division is yours. For back-to-back years, Matt, um, I think everybody's kind of thinking the same thing. You know, we, we watched the Jacksonville game. We've seen it happen, but I just can't imagine it's going to happen again. I think that they beat the Falcons. I think they beat the Jets. They clinched the division at home for the first time since – what What was – do you know the last time they clinched at home, clinched the division at home? Was it 90 90- – Three? I don't. I don't know off the top of my head. Yeah, it would probably be one of those early, like those early '90s years. Right. I would imagine, but I have to go back and look. But yes, do, are, are you on the same page here that that Falcons Jets should be wins, especially with how they've been playing the second half of that Bucks game, the game against New England last week? It seems like they're kind of hitting their stride at the right time. Yeah, we were just talking to Ryan Bates actually right before I jumped on this call and. He was just he was going on and on about how much of a well-oiled machine this offense is now. And it's hard to disagree with them. Um, you know, they're they're playing like, you know, with a fire and a passion that I don't think we saw at any point this season, or at least not for like consistent amount of games. 
like you go back to the even the Tennessee game, and I thought that that offense kind of looked like the offense that we expected coming into the season. Obviously, they lost that game, but you know, over the last couple of weeks, and something happened at halftime in the Bucks game. This is they, they figured it out. I think part of it's been, you know, everybody's all year long said, "Let's get a run game going for the Bills." That'll be the the key to unlocking this offense. But really, what I think it probably should have been said was like getting the running backs involved, however way you do it could help supercharge things. Devin Singletary in the, in the passing game was really effective this past week against the Patriots. And I think that short to intermediate area, if you can kind of keep teams honest, it will open up things down the field a little bit more. I think Josh is so, you know, he he's a guy that's come so far in terms of his evolution as a player's development, but also with what he knows he can do and what's at his disposal and kind of, you know, executing in, in, in the offense, you know, they're just, they're, they're really confident group. And I feel like they're playing their best ball right now when you want to be just on the, you know, the cusp of the, the calendar switching to, to January. So we'll see, they're going to be a tough team to beat. I think they have the best passing defense in the NFL. And when they're on, arguably the best passing offense in the NFL. Mm -hmm. So two really good combinations in 2022 NFL football. You know, Kurt and I talked about this a few weeks ago going into um, the Thursday night game between Indianapolis and uh, New England. It was the Saturday night game. Um, We said, look, New England won in a wind tunnel. It was weird conditions that nobody really expected. New England's not going to win out. They're going to probably lose to Indianapolis. And then the Bills are going to come back and they're going to beat them in Gillette. Lo and behold, it happened. So how do you think that, you know, people are kind of viewing New England now after, you know, they go on this run and then they, you know, kind of come back down to earth a little bit. How do you, you know, going forward, how do you feel about New England if Buffalo were to face them a third time? They're going to be a tough team. Like coming into the year with all the changes that they made and I thought that if they can get even average level quarterback play they'd be you know a little bit over a 500 team and i think that's what they've been i think that's what they'll land on um i think people were way too excited about mac jones too early i think that some of the i I think he has a chance to be to be good don't get me wrong Mm -hmm. but i think that once he was going to start facing some of the tougher challenges defensively and in games where opposing offenses were forcing him to play from behind. I think it was kind of going to show maybe some deficiencies in where they're at in offense, too. I don't, I don't think there's a ton of skill players around him. I mean, the Bills took out, I, I tweeted it, Hunter Henry and J- Johnny Smith combined for one catch in nine yards. When you take those two guys out of the offense, there's not a lot of you know workable areas for, for Mac Jones to have as a passer. Right. And so, you know, I think that they're going to be tough. I think that they have you know, a defense that if they're healthy and they cut, they show up, you know, they, they've held teams to, you know, what, 16, 17 points a game, but it's the same thing going on with Miami right now too. Like, I think Miami's defense is in the conversation for top five, top three in the league. They're that good when healthy. The problem is they're inefficiencies on offense and some of their deficiencies on offense. When they go up against a good team, we've seen it now, two games against the bills this year. And I don't even think the bills played their best game in either of those games. Their mm-hmm. offense really couldn't do much against the bills defense. That'll happen against better teams. And so we'll see against Tennessee with Miami this weekend, but yeah, if the Patriots make the playoffs, they're going to be a tough out for anybody because they, they show up, they get off to a hot start and they're able to play from ahead. They can beat you any week. 
Absolutely. And I, I want to focus on the team a little bit because right now Isaiah McKenzie is a hot topic. I mean, he had an <laughs> incredible game against the New England Patriots, 11 catches, 125 yards and a touchdown. Everybody's everybody's talking about what are they going to do? They got to find a way to get him in this offense because now they just activated Gabe Davis. They just activated Cole Beasley. So these guys are coming back. How do you kind of see it shaking out? Because we've seen them maybe not not trust Isaiah McKenzie. He's been inactive for some games. He hasn't really gotten into the offense a ton. Do you see them maybe trying to fit him in somehow, whether it be on those, you know, the jet sweeps that we always love to see uh, last year and even just stick him in the slot a few times because he really played well against New England. And it seems like Josh Allen loves playing this with this guy and has the chemistry with him. So do we maybe see him take some snaps away from Cole Beasley or try to get them both out on the field at the same time? The thing about McKenzie's game from Sunday that really stood out to me, especially going back and watching it, were some of the plays that he made aren't plays that they really utilize Cole for in this offense. I mean, those mm-hmm. crossing routes where he goes all the way across the field and uses that top-end speed to beat one-on-one matchups, Cole's more of that kind of dink and dump, get in a, in a spot in his zone and beat you that way. So I think that there's more available to Josh Allen and Brian Dable with Isaiah McKenzie on the field, but I don't think – they're going to you know, move away from Cole Beasley this season right now. I, mm-hmm. I think that he's a guy that Josh Allen trusts. They're going to still kind of get him involved. I think it's just about finding more ways to use Isaiah McKenzie. And they were doing it a little bit before Beasley went out. You saw Cole kind of sp- – or uh, McKenzie spell Cole a couple times. Not at a very high rate, but just a you know, play or two on a series – I think that this is a situation where look at over the course of Sean McDermott's career. He's never been afraid of a platoon type scenario at a position. I think that McKenzie's game was the kind of game that shows you that you need to find a way, if not to split the reps, to find a way to get Isaiah McKenzie some time. Maybe, you know, for every two drives Cole's out there, you give McKenzie a drive or mm-hmm. however you want to split that up. But to send him back to the bench now and go back to 15, 16 snaps a game just have him do the jet sweep stuff. I mean, this offense looked way too good, too dynamic, too balanced with him out there for right. me to say that that's a good idea. But who knows? I mean, Beasley, they pay him a lot of money. They love him in the room. Josh, is he's really, really in tune with what Josh wants him to do. So we'll see how it plays out. In terms of Buffalo going forward through the playoffs, you know, obviously there's not going to be Tredavious White there. But when they're on, you know, their best game offensively, do you think that they still have the capabilities of getting to the Super Bowl, even without, you know, arguably the best cornerback in football? Yeah, uh, because I think even had Tredavious White been there, what this was going to come down to was always going to be, can the offense get him there? Because things don't change dramatically. Like, listen, so you can't replace Tredavious White, but because of the style of defense that the Bills play, He's not as missed as, uh, you know, maybe a couple like a Stefan Diggs going out, what that would mean. Josh Allen going out, what that would mean. There's enough players, it, what they, you can mask it a little bit more, especially mm-hmm. with that back end of Poyer and Hyde. And we've seen how important that was last week. And so are they going to miss him? Yeah. When they go up against like a really good defense or offense where you got to take away like a Michael Pittman or somebody like that. Yeah, it's going to hurt, but it's always going to come back to, can Josh Allen on this offense score enough points to win games? And I think so from that perspective, the way that they're kind of trending into the the playoffs, it puts you in a really good spot. I, I think that they're healthy, which that's got to kind of remain the case. I think COVID wise, you know, they've had a lot of guys go out as a lot of teams have had and apologize about the voice. I don't, 
I don't know. I, I think I had like the flu or something. Um, my COVID test was negative, but I've been, Good. I've been All banged right. up the last couple of days. I might have to go on some type of IR list, but no, I think, uh, I think the bills have what it, the pieces on offense, like Dawson Knox's, um, arrival in 2021 completely altered my expectations for this team to where it was super bowl or bust for me mm-hmm. because this offense now has weapons at every spot and even the running back position i think you can make an argument that the way devin singletary has played over the last four games they now have a consistent option in the backfield too a guy that i think People have been waiting to see since 2019 when he had that yep. breakout rookie season. And I think part of that has been, all right, we're going to give you a little bit more of the workload, see if that you know, bulk of work allows you to get into more of a rhythm. I think that that's been you know, working so far for them. Now, if we look at the, the AFC uh, wild card race here, we got it on the little bottom ticker below us here, but Kansas <laughs> City sitting at number one, Tennessee, Cincinnati, Buffalo, Indianapolis, New England, and Miami right now. Those are the one through seven seeds. So if there's one team that you don't want the Bills to face in round one, you know, it seems like it's still – I don't think there's a shot. Is there a shot at them getting one seed? I think that's that's gone, isn't it? I think there's, like, one scenario where they could okay. still get well, it. It would, it would take, like, Kansas City losing both, Tennessee losing both. I got you. Okay. Something well, crazy, either yeah. way, for me, I think the one team that I don't want them to face – come playoff time is Indianapolis. And, you know, even even if they did not face Indianapolis earlier in the year and Jonathan Taylor did what he did, I just – I really like Indianapolis. And I've said it since the beginning. Even when they had a tough start to the year, I think they're a really well-coached team. Carson Wentz, even though he's not going to put up massive numbers, he gets it done, and Jonathan Taylor is an MVP candidate. So, to me, Indianapolis is probably the one team that I wouldn't want them to face. You can face Tennessee. I think they beat Tennessee. You already beat Kansas City. You already have that confidence. There's really nobody else on that list that I would be too terrified of. Um, but I think Indianapolis is that one team for me. Do you agree with that, or is there another team? So first and foremost, I'll say that I don't think there's any team that if I'm the Bills or if I'm a Bills fan, I'm I'm worried to play. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is an Indianapolis team that the Bills beat in their house in the playoffs last year with a better quarterback. And so, and I also would bank on the idea of what are you, what are you, what are you giggling about over there? Calling, calling Philip Rivers better than Carson Wentz is a stretch. He, he, he has a man out. crush on Carson Wentz. I so do. I don't I, mind but him. I'm, I'm a known Wentz defender, and he's okay. played, he's played quietly well this year. But continue. Sorry for the, sorry for the awkward look. <laughs> oh, all right. Um, <laughs> I didn't know that you. Or people like you existed in the world, <laughs> in the football world. So that's cool. No, you're right. Statistically speaking, Carson Wentz has been solid, my man. Solid. Um, all right. So back to reality here for a second. Let's um, – no, I'm just kidding, Ross. I'm just kidding, Ross. Um, no, I, I can't stand watching Carson Wentz play. I think maybe that's part of it. Wow. Um, he – I was so in on him back in the Philly that, – mm-hmm. that Philly run, like his MVP mm-hmm. run. And I was like, yep. wow – this dude, he has the kind of qualities that I thought could kind of change the position. And then it ended up being Josh Allen that kind of did it. But, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> I just watched – and I'm not even saying that in a, in a negative or like a jokey way. Sure. Like the, way, the regression in his game – and I'm not even talking about like – you're right. Statistically speaking, the way that he executes for most of the game, it's been fine this year. But there's moments in games where you're just like, is this dude like – 
did he just go have a couple beers and then come back to the and he just Very played sad. all like willy nilly wild? I don't know. I, I I can't get it. So anyway, back to the point. That threw me for a loop. I didn't I didn't know there was people still on the Wentz trains. Um, I think I'm the only. I think I'm actually driving the Wentz train because there's nobody else really on it with okay. me right now. Me and Dan Orlovsky are the only two. Yeah, okay. even Colts fans aren't on that train. So go ahead, okay. Matt. Continue, please. So so I guess my point. So I understand your logic, Kurt. Like. Okay, this is probably the worst matchup for them because they can run the ball. But I also don't think that this Bills offense was clicking the way that it is now when they mm-hmm. played early on in the year. And so if that game gets into a different situation by halftime and you're not, you know, down a bunch and then they're able to just continue to out physical you and wear you down, it comes down to how the game is played. I also kind of like if I'm the Bills. I always think about it from a mentality perspective. I'd love to play the Colts the first round just to set a statement, make a statement the first round. Like you're probably going to play them anyway, because I agree. I think they're one of the better teams in the AFC. I think they're probably, I'd say in the top three with the bills and and the chiefs. And so if you you figure you're going to play them eventually, why not play them in the first round? Like you did a year ago in your house, make a statement, but it's going to come down to Allen. It's going to come down to Diggs and all these. Like if, if they score 30 points a game, they're going to be really tough to beat. And I think that that kind of energizes the the, the defense. And you even saw against the Patriots, watch some of the uh, the material that the Bills put out, the Levi Wallace mic- mic'd up session. Mm-hmm. And you could see the way that the defense feeds off of the offense when they're playing. Yeah. They're on the sidelines. And Jerry Hughes, I think it was Jerry Hughes, who was like, he was just screaming something about Josh Allen's like one play. I think it was the throw to digs for the first down. And so I want to see a game against all these teams in that environment when the offense is contributing. Um, but you're probably going to see the Colts anyway. So I guess there's no, my, my long, that's my long winded way of saying you can't control who you're going to play. You're probably going to have to cu- right. play them all, get ready to play them all. Okay. All right, that's fair. And uh, Jared, we can we can continue the Carson Wentz talk later. Um, I don't. I think Matt's. I think Matt's sick of the Carson Wentz talk. Hey, <laughs> right, like I said, I'm I'm a very much uh, Carson Wentz stan. I've been defending him since the whole Jalen Hurts thing happened. So regardless, I but, didn't like that. I didn't like that. No, I, yeah, I'll agree with that. I thought he was playing pretty putrid, but I just <laughs> I didn't like the the whole way that the Philly kind of thing went like when you have a guy that he was an MVP with the same candidate with the same coach and same play caller. Like, I don't know. You got to find a way to fix that and sure. go into a guy and Hertz has been fine, but I think Hertz has been what we all thought he could be. And there's like a, there's a very obvious ceiling to me for Hertz. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, but I think Philly is a, a tire fire in its own. Own, right oh Usually. sure yeah i mean i think that the ceiling for jalen hurts is always going to be diet lamar jackson like it's that's basically very very diet lamar jackson I great value say. lamar jackson in terms to keep of him in the same sentence as lamar is a little bit of a stretch sure but. no that that's very fair but now in terms of the teams that are you know leading divisions right now you obviously got kansas city tennessee cincinnati um in terms of tennessee though i mean since derrick henry's gone down we've seen that there are very much limits to what that offense can do Fair enough, A.J. Brown's dealt with injury. Julio Jones has dealt with injury as well. But there seems to be a, a ceiling on Ryan Tannehill as well to an extent. Uh, if you're a Bills fan, if, I mean, if I'm a Bills fan, I would look forward to playing Tennessee again if that were the case, um, you know, a game that they probably should have won the first time around. Uh, but the Titans, to me, have been overrated for a while. 
Uh, and now I think they're kind of being exposed to an extent. What's your take on Tennessee, even though they're still, you know, leading the division, still at two C what's your take on them? I think that they're just like a tough team. Like it, I feel like out of every team that has dealt with like, you know, well, you could probably make the argument for Baltimore up until the recent stretch because of how many people they've lost. Sure. But the, 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 the players that Tennessee has lost this year and had to like fight through, I mean, AJ Brown, like he's in the top 10 for me. If you want to talk about the true definition of most valuable player to their team, like AJ Brown is like a top 10 kind of guy. That team looks completely different when he's in the lineup healthy compared to when he's not. And so, yeah, there's limitations on Tannehill. I think losing a viable tight end in Johnny Smith, who was never great, great there, but he was always kind of an option. I think that that hurts not having Henry obviously hurts. And then, you know, the, you know, Julio Jones experiment was always doomed to this fate. Um <laughs> I feel like, come on, we've we've. Uh, th- he was one of my favorite receivers for years, and he just can't stay healthy. Yeah, he just can't. He just it's 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 a fact at this point. And so, yeah. um, you get AJ Brown back, and and they're in the mix because they make plays on defense. They got like sneaky good guys at every position group on defense. That on a given day, if they get up, like dude Jeffrey Simmons, he's a, he's a beast, man. Yeah. Like every time I watch that guy play, I I will I go away from the the game, be like, should the Bills have drafted him mm-hmm. instead of Ed Oliver? I don't know. I know that there was character concerns. I think now, that for all of us, like they've been better defensively than any of us really would have thought absolutely. coming into the year. Right. Mm-hmm. right. But, and by the way, I don't think they should have drafted him over at Oliver. I, <laughs> I think, I think at Oliver has really turned into a reliable player that while the stats probably don't tell the whole story, he's been as important as anybody on that defense this year. Yep. He's been really consistently good. Um, but I, I like Tennessee. I think they're a tough matchup. I'd like them a lot more if you're not facing Derrick Henry um, or A.J. Brown. But I also do like the, the idea of facing Ryan Tannehill anyway. Right. Um, I think that this, this secondary, this defense, is a good matchup against them from a Bills perspective. But they're going to be a tough out in the playoffs because they're tough. Like, Vrabel's a really good coach, man. Like, um, I never would have predicted that, watching him all those years and kind of looking goofy in a Patriots uniform. Uh, he's turned into a really, really bright, bright young head coach. He is. And hey, I, any, I, any head coach who says that he would cut off his penis to win a Super Bowl, that is a guy that you know, sounds like something Dan Campbell would say. But uh, <laughs> yes. I, I think that uh, everybody's everybody's really worried once Tennessee comes, or I'm sorry, once Derrick Henry comes back to Tennessee, that they're going to just be a juggernaut team. But I mean, this guy's coming back from a major foot surgery. They didn't know if he was even going to play this year. I don't know if they're going to throw him in and give him 30 carries a game. I would be pretty surprised if they do that. That's a big risk. But then again, it is the playoffs. So win or go home. But uh, they're an interesting team to watch for sure. Um, It's a projection too. Like, Oh, yeah, exactly. They're saying that now. But in Mm -hmm. two weeks, that might drastically change. So That's right. So we we, we really do not know. But, Matt, we appreciate the time, my friend. As always, uh, I know that you're a busy man, especially with this Bills season wrapping up. So we appreciate any time that you give us. Uh, plug your stuff right away, please, please, please. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me, guys. Shout Buffalo Football Podcast. You can find us on YouTube or any of the channels, uh, audio platforms. We have a show live tonight at 7.30, and we'll have you covered all the way up until game day. And then uh, hopefully for Kurt's sake, a long playoff run. Yes. <laughs> for Kurt's sake, yes. Thank you, Matt. We'll talk to you soon. Later, buddy. Hey, I want to get you a Carson Wentz jersey for Christmas next year. <laughs> if I would have known – if I would have known before this, now will you you want a Colts or an Eagles? Like, wh- wh- where do you feel? I would wear a Colts one. I mean, I, I, I live okay. in Pittsburgh. I'm a Steelers fan. I feel like wearing an Eagles jersey would be somewhat That's sacrilege. Right. Yeah. You're right. You're right. All right, buddy. Yo, All happy right. holidays, guys. All right, All right. you All right, as man. well, mate. Have Thank you. One.
Look at that. Now I, have, now I have a present to look forward to next nice. year. Nice. Love it. A Carson Wentz jersey. That's it. That That's might great. Be your, your prize. Your, your prize possession. That um, will be. I'll hang it on my wall. Do you have a Steelers jersey? Do you have a Ben Roethlisberger jersey? I don't have any football jerseys. What? Wow, that I, actually shocks I, I've me. Never, I've never been a big apparel guy. I've always been uh, – unless it's like classic apparel. Like I, ha- I collect classic NBA jerseys. Fair. Um, but in terms of like, I've never been a big football jersey guy. I've never been like, especially current stuff. I don't know why it's just never really tickled my fancy. Like growing up, I had a few. Like I had a Troy Polamalu jersey. I had yeah. like a Willie Parker jersey. But yeah, I mean nowadays it's not really my thing. I'm more of like collectible. I like that. it. That's respectable. Yeah. Um, but yes, we appreciate Jason. We appreciate Matt uh, giving us some time. We got the NFC. We got the AFC. We got those covered. Uh, so it's it's. It's almost time. Can we take a victory lap, by the way? On what? On Patriots? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Yeah, we should. Drive the train, please. We were very much correct on that. I I wish I would have uh, pulled up the tape, actually, um, because I bookmarked the tweet in which, you know, I recorded Mm -hmm. that part of the podcast that we did a few weeks ago. Uh, But, yeah, we were pretty spot on with that, weren't we not? I think think so. I mean, and and I think we're just going to continue to be right because – if, if if New England goes in and they have to play Tennessee, if they have to play Buffalo, if they have to play even Cincinnati, Cincinnati New England would be Cincinnati a sneaky a good game. game. But I don't see them winning a game. I really don't. I don't see them winning a game if they have to travel to somewhere, play on the road, in a hostile environment. I just I don't see it. I didn't. I haven't seen a ton from Mac Jones where I can trust him. You know, a two minute drill. You need him to lead the charge and, and lead you down the field, score a touchdown. There's there's just no skill talent on that offense. I mean, there's good players. There's good players. I'm not bagging on any of those guys. They're good players. Kendrick Bourne, Nelson Aguilar, they have good running backs, but there's no elite talent on that offense that's going to be clutch. There's no elite talent that's going to lead you, and that's okay. I mean, they, they're exceeding expectations already. They should be in good hands with Mac Jones going forward, but they're just, they're just not there yet, and that's okay. They've exceeded expectations, like I said. Yeah, if the season ended today, they would go to Cincinnati. I don't think they win that, especially just because the way Joe Burrow is playing right now, mm-hmm. um, Cincinnati's defense is looking really good. I mean, Trey Hendrickson's looking like one of the signings of the offseason yeah. uh, for them. So, now, Cincinnati, to me, would beat them. Uh, look, we said it. I said it, at least. I said that, that no matter who they play, they were going to be a one-and-done. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I think – I want to say that you agree with me on that. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we can kind of ride that train – and cross our fingers and hope that we can take more victory laps on that. But, you know, we're two for two so far. We said that they lose to the Colts, said they lose to Buffalo. Bills would take back the AFC East, wouldn't look back. And now, you know, if you're New England, the best they can probably do, because I don't think Buffalo is going to lose to Atlanta or the Jets. I think they're going to hold on to that and win the, win the AFC East. best you can do if you're New England, I believe, is uh, if the Colts lose out, you can maybe get the five seed. Right. Because but- New England plays Jacksonville this week and Miami week 18. Miami, a team that's red hot. They already beat them earlier this year. I don't think the Miami's going to beat them again, Kurt. I think I, I think Miami. I don't think Miami's going to win for the rest of the year. I think they don't either. They, they play Tennessee not. and New England, like I said. I mean, it's they've been on this hot streak. They won seven in a row, but they played some really bad teams. They played some really bad quarterbacks. So it's a fun story. It gives Dolphins fans some hope, but I don't see them beating the Titans. And I uh, at home. Against New England. What do you think happens to Tua now? Do you think he's still gone? I don't know. I don't know yet now because I think he's done enough. Because we can say all we want about the teams that they've played. He's played well. He has. He has. And I don't I don't think 
he hasn't given them any reason to get rid of him now. I mean, he's at least shown hope. He's shown that, hey, if you if you give me something to work with, if you give me the patience to actually build and work with this team, I could be something. So the thing with that, though, I mean, if you're Miami and you have the opportunity to get a guy like a Russell Wilson or albeit if you put all your chips on the table and try to get Aaron Rodgers and bring him to Miami, something of that nature. I mean, are you going to stick with Tua Tungabailoa or if Deshaun Watson's thing clears up, are you going to try to make a move for him or a Russell Wilson or one of these big fish that are going to be available this offseason? I know what I would do. Yeah, I mean, and they are in a position where if you get an elite-level quarterback with that roster, I mean, they could they could do some damage. The, the yeah. offense might not be there yet. The offensive line might not be – Still, you know, trying to figure out the run game and maybe defensively they're solid right now. Defensively, they're they're a top five unit when they're when they're clicking and all healthy. So they they could be an interesting team this offseason. They they definitely could. Um, if I'm a Bills fan, I I want to face them in the playoffs. I'm a big Dolphins fan these next two weeks because if you can <laughs> play them in the playoffs, my goodness, that's a that's practically a bye week because Buffalo owns them. Um, but either way, we have two weeks left. Two weeks, 17 and 18. Oh. We're almost there. And then it is playoff time, my friend. Mm-hmm. And uh, season has flown by, but it has definitely been a fun, fun season. So, um, yes, we, we did take a little holiday break, but uh, we, we hope that everybody enjoyed their holiday break. Um, before we finish the show, I do just want to say rest in peace to John Madden because yes. without him – this this sport would not be the same. Um, it, it's it's really truly sad that that he's gone. But uh, the things that he's done for this sport is is unmatched, and uh, he will be remembered forever. He, he is one of the all time greatest in uh, the NFL for sure. I'm glad that he got to uh, see the documentary and see how much he meant. Yes, him. yes, that was um, very cool. If you haven't if you haven't seen it yet, definitely definitely check out that uh, that documentary. So um, yeah, obviously an unexpected loss of somebody who's meant so much to the game that we love mm-hmm. uh, and who is loved and cherished by so many as we've seen, you know, the outpour from everybody for the past few days uh, or right. that day. Um, so yeah, um, definite uh, rest in peace to a legend in John Madden and uh, you know, obviously unexpected. Um, so just remember to uh, you know tell the people that you love, that you love them, hold them close. Uh, you never know what could happen. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, obviously an unexpected passing John Madden, 85 years old. Uh, a legend a legend of the game like i said we would uh our game would not be the same without him so yes thank you um and as for everybody else thank you for tuning into our show we really really appreciate the support uh thank you for jason thank you to jason thank you to matt for giving us some time as always breaking down their respective teams we have week 17 we have week 18 and it's wild card weekend and oh boy oh boy do i love wild card weekend i think you do too I would like it a lot more if they didn't make a Monday night football game. That's fair. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, that's that's stupid. That is a little dumb. But probably stupid. Hate it. Before we get out of here, I do want to give a quick shout out and a quick word from our wonderful sponsor. Yes. um, MMG Industrial. We appreciate them. We thank them. But they're a production machining shop in Buffalo, Buffalo, New York, South Buffalo to be exact. Um, They are uniquely suited to meet your machining needs. They have several milling and turning machining centers and in-house quality control lab and the flexibility of multi-shift staffing and competitive rates. They can meet all your needs in a timely manner and do whatever you need, but they're also hiring. So if you're looking for a job in South Buffalo here, right in my backyard, uh, they're looking for experienced CNC machinists and programmers, so give them a call at 716-939-2114 or visit them online at MMG Industrial. 
com. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for everybody tuning in. Thank you to our sponsors. And Jared, thank you for to you for doing this and being my uh, podcasting partner, my friend. Yeah, you know, I told you before the show, I've been kind of down recently on myself. And, uh, you know, I've missed doing this. I'm just trying to get back to feeling like me. So if you get in a rough spot, you can get out of it. Everybody yes, exactly. gets in them. So exactly. uh, we're going yeah, to start getting some weekly stuff going. I know we've been a little spotty this year. We, we apologize. We both, we've both been uh, very, very busy, especially with the holidays these past few weeks. So we're back. We're here. We have playoffs we have super bowl we have senior bowl draft everything you want here we are um so yes please please tune in join along with us jared where can they find you on twitter find me on twitter at jay bailey nfl three more pieces coming this week for fan sided all the historical pieces we got 30 best nicknames in nfl history that was a fun one to do that should be up later today uh we'll get uh the best quarterback from every state don't know if there's a quarterback that came from alaska but we're gonna freaking (laughs) find out and if (laughs) Whoever I find will get on that list. Uh, and then uh, Friday, um, New Year's Eve, you'll get uh, the 30 biggest Hall of Fame snubs. So the 30 best players not in the Hall of Fame. So that'll okay. be me for the rest of the week. Uh, all Steelers stuff as well. Um, still curtain, fan sided. Going to start doing stuff for that, especially during Senior Bowl week, Steeler fans. So there's going to be a lot of quarterbacks down there. A lot of you like them. I don't particularly, but you guys seem to be really into it. So I'll push as much quarterback content that week as I can uh, on Still Curtain for fan sided as well. So Go follow me on Twitter at Jay Bailey NFL. I get to reapply for to get my blue tick back this Friday, Kurt. Oh, and if man. they don't give it, if they don't give it to me, I'm gonna raise hell. So we're gonna fly to Twitter headquarters and uh, exactly do something. I don't know, but yes, exactly. Uh, follow you, Jared, on Twitter. All your wonderful stuff. You can follow me at Kurt K U R T Hamaser H A U M E S S E R eighty eight, and have some fun with me along for the ride. But until then, uh, we'll be back. I promise. I I think you promise we will be back. Um, (laughs) When? I don't know exactly. But until then, enjoy the new year. Happy New Year's, everybody. Hope that you uh, start your New Year's resolution because I know Bill Belichick will be for sure. (laughs) Thank you for tuning in, everybody. This is out. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.